Welcome to the Local Legends in Running podcast, where you hear the stories from local legends of Australian running that you've simply always wanted to hear. Today in episode seven, I interview Brisbane's Chris Gale. Chris is one of Brisbane's most experienced and busiest running coaches. He is the founder and head coach of his own business, the Gale Force Running Squad, which he started in 2007. Since 2011, he has been the head athletics coach and coordinator at Stewart Home School in Barden, Brisbane, and more recently has been employed as the head coach for middle distance and cross country at Nudgee College. Additionally, he is a life member of the Rockhampton Roadrunners and former race director of the Ipswich Park to Park Fun Run. Finally, let's not forget about Chris's individual running achievements as a younger runner too. As a high schooler in 1989, he won the All Schools Cross Country Champs and as an adult went on to record PBs as fast as 30.47 in the 10K and 69.23 in the half marathon. So enjoy hearing from one of Brisbane's most decorated running coaches as he provides insights into his running achievements and in more recent times, his coaching experiences. How is it going? How's things? Yeah, really good things, Holly. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, life's pretty busy for, like everybody else, but uh, no, I can't complain. Oh, for sure. And mate, we've had both had the GPS cross country champs this week, um, yeah. and you're coaching at Nudgee College. Were you pretty happy with that result for Nudgee? Was that oh, better than last year as well? Yeah, absolutely. So last year we finished um, uh, sixth, and this year we moved up one spot to fifth. But probably the greatest achievement was with us was that we um we improved by six points and as you know with the GPS championships moving yeah. up six points is a pretty big um a pretty big deal so you know we can only improve from there I mean we won two of the individual races and the seniors so that holds us in good stead and as you know it, it depends a lot on your you, you know sometimes your fifth and sixth runner and so for a few of our age groups we just have to work on our fifth and sixth runner and um yeah we're going to come out um faster and stronger team next year oh that's fantastic was that one of the current twins who won and who was the other winner yeah we had um uh ned curran win the 15 years and yeah. alex Wayne 13 years and um we had will kisby come second in the 13 years and will curran unfortunately was sick all week and um placed um 10th in the 15 years so uh you know he he was coming second after the first um the first lap 2k yeah. And then just you could just see the colour come out of his face, unfortunately, and he dropped back to finish tenth, which is still a remarkable effort yeah. to be able to finish in tenth spot. But uh, he headed straight to the medical tent after the uh, after the oh, race. Oh right, and, yeah, and uh, got looked after. There was a lot of sickness around. Hey, we had heaps of it going into it, and I'm not going to use it as an excuse for our seventh place for Churchy, but definitely a factor. And we had four four DNFs or DNSs who didn't even start. Um, yeah. and, and some injuries but yeah, yeah I just like even the opens race was one that was a telling sign I think the sickness we had those yeah. Cornelius twins Lachlan and Oscar and yeah. they were there for 3k of the 6k and halfway through and the pack was massive in the opens if you'd seen it was like 10 yeah. to 15 deep and then all of a sudden there's just boys falling back and I recall talking to one of them and they, they were saying that yeah they noticed that there were some pretty unwell bodies out there 
uh, with the flu. So it's definitely getting through the schools and and had an impact on all the schools. And that's why I definitely don't want to ever use it as an excuse when you have injuries and uh, Mm. ill health, because it's always apparent. And often it's the schools that are least damaged (laughs) that um, can go ahead. BBC, you've got to recognise BBC's efforts. They've been great last year or so, and they definitely deserve it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, just their results the other day, you know, and, and they, were, they were strong across the board. You know, they, they, it was their fifth and sixth runners, you know, and that's what pulled them through. Because I don't think they only won the 16 years, but they, uh, you know, managed to, to get the six runners through in a lot of the age groups and obviously pulled them into that top position. Yeah, yeah. What... Yeah, and obviously Jaden Russ doing some great things there. And I know he coaches a few of them externally with his yeah. um, academy. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. Must he's, be rewarding for him up. too. Yeah. Oh, very, very, very well. You know, very re- rewarding. And, you know, he does a great job. Yeah. I, I've actually spoken to him this morning and, and mentioned uh, the fact that I wanted him on here on the podcast in, in due course. Yeah. So he might feature in the next month or so. And he's going to talk all things about um, coaching those school yeah. athletes, particularly obviously outside of school. He's the head coach at BBC, but has his own yeah. business um, similar to yourself. So, mm. um, you know, I just want to get back to some history between you and I, a bit of a running and personal bio and coaching yeah. bio, I guess, even for you. And that's the main thing that you do now is coach, uh, regardless of the running background. But we we got to know each other a bit through the um, adult coaching side of things you with gale force which i know you founded in 2007 and me with the west end running group which mm. must have been seven years later um than you in 2014 that i founded that yeah. with my father and yeah. um you know you're always out there pretty prominent with your group and and got in i think at a really good time as well mm. for running in general and running in brisbane to latch on to those keen runners particularly like the gold coast marathon started getting pretty popular too at that time and i just yeah. think you came in a, a, a really good period of, of running and and it's definitely stemmed through to this very day in 2022 um yeah. I, I don't know if you a couple of years ago i did a coaching course for athletics australia for a level something advanced recreational running coach which mm-hmm. is something i've got under my belt were you at that mm-hmm. course with um tim crosby and Benita willis or am i thinking of someone else no. No, it wasn't. But no, uh, okay. The course, yeah, I know. I know the course, and I know the um the year that, that they had both of those at the um at that course, and I think that was um yeah, shame I missed out on that. So I'm actually at level three, so I didn't have to do it. But I was oh, sort right. of uh, yeah, I'm sort of um wish that I had have done it now, just as a bit of extra um background, but also just to uh, to be able to um listen to to both Benita and to to oh. Tim amazing yeah tim tim from what i remember was the main kind of host of it all and benita more so a guest speaker and they were just so good i remember the likes of pat nispel was there and he he, when he had his i'm not sure if he's coaching much at all anymore but when he had his pat what was it called pat um 42.2 or something yeah 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 he was there in the peak of that and he, it was it was yeah. all it was a pat nispel show that that course he was yeah. very much thriving in his coaching and and gave us heaps of tips too um and then a guy yeah. called troy lum had his group up the sandgate as well i think he okay. stopped that another lady kate yeah. um forgotten her group but uh, oh, yeah, i thought kate, i thought kate, you may have been there but that was about was it, six years ago yeah was it kate brown from yapoon 
I don't think so. I think her group's called something like Kate's Just Speed run. Coaching or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think there was a Kate. There was a Kate Brown from Yapoon who I used to coach, and she oh, started okay. a group, and she was at a course with Tim um, uh, a few years ago, and um, and I actually sort of uh, not sponsored her, but sort of um, was a, a mentor to her after she she did the course, and sort of helped her along a little bit. So, but she raved about the course that she did with Tim. Oh, okay, it may it may have been. I have to look up her surname yeah. uh, and look into yeah. that a bit more. Uh, and obviously now we've got that connection through. Funny enough, coincidentally, through through GPS, um, and you've yeah. been at Nudgee College since uh, 2020. Um, yep. And same with me at Churchy as a teacher. I started there. That was my thing was teaching, and then the coaching came later. I didn't actually get that job for coaching. It just happened to be that it was something I wanted to do down the line, and now I am the head coach. Yeah. Um, so it's funny how things work. <laughs> it is, isn't it? You know? Or, or the roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's really a small world. Um, oh, so what about, what about you, mate? What what's the uh, family set up there? You married, kids, where you're living, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, no, single, no kids. Um, I suppose my family is my running groups, yeah. and uh, but uh, that takes up a lot of my time. Um, a few people would know, but um, uh, I'm also a carer for my mother, who's um, 88 years of age with dementia. Yeah. So that sort of is a, a, a fairly big job. And um, we're at a stage where she's still able to look after herself to a degree, but I still have to provide a lot of support for her and, um, uh, you know, cook meals and, you know, take her to appointments for doctors and stuff like that. And, uh, but, you know, we, we get by and we, we've got a fair bit of help from, um, you know, family and friends if we need it. And so, yeah, but otherwise the running community is my, uh, my family. And oh, I probably yeah. see a lot of them, you know, three, four times a week and, uh, you know, you get to know them and you get to know their families and they, they, you know, what they love and what they like doing and, and all of that. And it becomes a real, um, you know, a real, yeah, like a real family to me. They are. Um, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. I can see why you've got three, basically three jobs. Now the other one's Stuart home you've had for a while. You can fit yeah, all that yeah. in without uh, the business of family around. It's funny that I asked you when we had all the tech issues to start, was there someone yeah. there to help you out? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> you know, you just assume, you assume people have families and all this stuff and um, that's great. And, and you are obviously very busy with all that stuff and, and you, you obviously enjoy running and coaching. And we'll get into that a bit later on. Um, yeah. What about away from running? Like, have you got any other hobbies oh uh, look I, I love sports and uh you know very much follow the uh the nrl and Parramatta is my team and oh, right. a lot of my uh friends and hence the the blue and gold and no NRL. way is that the reason why pretty much yes yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, I and i've been yeah. a supporter since i was five years of age and because uh, i was born in sydney and uh, uh dad was a belmain supporter but uh for some reason i followed Parramatta and uh yeah, we haven't had the best few years, I would I would say, but uh, there's one thing I'll never do, and that's never never stop supporting them. Um, and then to follow, you know, quite a few other teams like um, North Melbourne in the AFL and Waratahs in the rugby and um, the Golden State Warriors in the NBA and New England Patriots in the NFL and Man U in the soccer. So so I have a, I keep a lot of interest in in that. But what I try and do too is outside of outside of running, and I think it's very important is 
Uh, and it's been a little bit hard, obviously, the last two years because there's been so much um, cancellations and, and not much happening. But I try and see one live event a month, and that might be um, theatre, opera, ballet, jazz, com uh, comedy show, a live band or something like that. And that, or yeah, even just go out for dinner and uh, uh, you know catch up with friends, and that's my outlet. And that's you know, I, I try and make sure that I do that at least once a month, and um, that just keeps a balance in in life. But uh, but otherwise, it's just sports, sports, sports. Yeah, oh, it's great. To, yeah, great to have that balance and um, a combination of things away from running. Often hear about stories of, of people getting too invested in something like running, whether it's coaching or being an athlete, and it becoming quite overwhelming so yeah, yeah definitely it's good to have an outlet not the sports that much different than running because running is no. a sport <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. we're not too dissimilar with that i do i follow rugby cricket yeah. my big big sports um used to be more into tennis but definitely yeah, yeah rugby and cricket um yeah. and uh if we got to more of the running stuff so your background in running I actually, so I got a hold of you this afternoon about your times from, you know, a few years ago, and it can be hard to track yeah. down these things, particularly when you were doing it a fair while ago. And I don't say mm. that to uh, offend you, that was really insightful. So I'm just going to run through some times uh, for the listeners that, and this is across three, 5k, 10k, half in a marathon. So the 3K at nine minutes, 5K at 15.06, 10K at 30.47, half marathon at 69 at 23, marathon at 2.48. Um, and then the other thing that uh, I found out today was the high school, all schools cross country championships back in 1989 mm. that you won that. Was that in year 12? Like, was that the, the race yeah. of the races? Yeah, that was in year 12 and it was actually at Nudgee College. And uh, I was living in, yeah, I was I was living in Rockhampton and uh, attending North Rocky State High School and uh, well, I was actually coached by Lloyd Way back then. And uh, for for those listeners who were on air, um, uh, Lloyd passed away last year and uh, yeah, was a great coach and a great mentor to us. And uh, we came down here and uh, I can't remember the guys who we beat, but we, it was unexpected for us, you know, a country boy to to come down and beat all these, uh, you know, the top city runners and. I've still got the article somewhere, um, the Sunday Mail printed the next day uh, about, you know, this, this country hick, you know, come down and beat the city slickers. And uh, I uh, thought, oh, that was pretty good, you know, that, uh, that, that they recognised us and uh, we were able to come down and have a good race and then um, uh, beat the boys from the city. Oh, it's fantastic. It, like, it must have been, I even think of the boys now at church, if they had someone that rocked up that they knew nothing about, that, well, they don't expect it and often doesn't happen. So that, to have someone, yeah. I, I assume, in any year, whether it be now or back yeah. then, to be a massive shock. So you actually won it individually as well as the team, like the school? No, just individually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I was probably the only runner who came down for it. Um, yeah. Dad, dad, my dad was pretty good. Um you know, he would, we would nearly come to Brisbane, um, you know, every second or third weekend back then, you know, for races or to do the interclub cross country series, because there was just nothing in, in Rockhampton at that level. And uh, he wanted us to, you know, progress and to, to get the competition. And, um, and I think that's how we improved a lot, you know, was doing those races. We Back in, so 87 and 88, we were coached by a guy called Graham Woods and, um, Graham was a, uh, a coach from New Zealand and he was coached by Arthur Lydiard. And so Woodsy's approach was very much, you do a lot of running, uh, you know, you just get out there and you just run. 
you know, and, and back then there wasn't, you know, anything like physios and diets and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and yeah. we really enjoyed running and we had a great time and all of that. And then Woodsy went on to do the Sydney to Melbourne ultra marathon, the other Westfield ultra marathon. And yeah. he moved away. And, um, but he had a really good squad. So back then in 1987 or 1988, we had um, 10 um, athletes under 20 in Rockhampton running sub 33 minutes for 10K. Wow. Which for a, a country town, you know, was um, an incredible amount of athletes. And, uh, and some of those friendships now um, I still have, you know, with those, with those lads. I had my 50th last year. And a lot of them um, came to my 50th because, you know, we, we've kept in touch or even, you know, sort of that, that we, you know, when you um, have those friends that you may not see for a year or two or five years yeah, it or doesn't 10 change years. Thing. No, it doesn't change. And you, and as soon as you catch up, it's just like you, you caught up yesterday. Yeah. And uh, so that's, that's one of the, the great things that I've um, had from running is that I've built those friendships and kept those friendships over so many years and, you know, and I, and I value those friendships, you know, that they're, they're, they're such good mates. That, and, you know, if I ever got into trouble, they would be there to help out and vice versa. You know, we, we, we've still got that connection. Yeah, it's, it's running's right like that. Obviously, a small community in many ways, regardless of, of where you're located. Um, mm. So what about those, the PBs I called out, when and where did you actually do those? And which of those do you yeah. think is your strongest? I reckon the... The 10K looks like it's the quickest, but um, I could be biased with that. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, the, the, the track events were the, the three and the 5K was when I was actually at school. And, um, and it's interesting because I ran nine minutes for 3K and I don't think I could have ran a second quicker. I don't think I could have ran 8.59. You know, I was absolutely gunning it. And uh, that, that's where I got to. Um, yeah, the, the 5K is one second slower per k though okay yeah and again the similar thing you know i, I probably couldn't get uh, i couldn't have gone a, a second a kilometer quicker you know and you, and you might think oh second a kilometer that's easy but i don't i don't know if i could it's actually interesting because i did a um my 800 is 202 and my 1500 was 402 and then nine minutes and then 1506 and i was telling one of the girls at stewart home um last year about my times and she was interested in to, to hear my pbs and stuff like this and she actually said to me she said oh you just couldn't get under those times could you you know and she i couldn't get under two minutes i couldn't get under four minutes i couldn't get under nine minutes and i couldn't get under, oh, thank you so much yeah, I, it is. I've, been, I've, I've been living with that for the last 30 odd years and <laughs> but you know but that's the way it is but but probably the, the 10k time and the half marathon time um you know i probably the half marathon time if i was to pick a, a result um you know 69 minutes is is pretty quick um i mean it's obviously nowhere near world class but for a it's local definitely one, elite yeah so but that's yeah. sub 70 you can claim a, a sub some kind of a number all these numbers are yeah. arbitrary that we pick yeah yeah and uh, and for the marathon i never i never to be honest i never really trained for a marathon i uh the melbourne the the time the 248.39 that i did i um which is 359 per kilometer. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I happened to be in Melbourne when the Melbourne Marathon was on and I, I entered and I think it was about 1996 or 97 and um, uh, turned up on the day, signed up and, and race, 32K mark. We were on 238 pace and then you can obviously see what happened from there. And, oh, no, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I caught up with... Show, um, though, you, would have, you would have possibly put a good time together if your training was... 
yeah, pretty accurate yeah. to what you yeah. what you needed. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, exactly. And I, I ran with um, I don't know if you know um, Tony Gray. He's a uh, no. life member of Ashford Rangers. So oh yeah, okay. Um, yeah, um, so I caught up with him on the start line, and he was a very good runner. And um, I said, oh, I just told him that you know this was my first marathon, and. He said, oh, I'll just stick with him for a bit. And I did that to the 32K mark. And then he left me and I <laughs> fell behind and I, I managed to finish. So, so, yeah. Yeah, right. No, it's um, yeah, it's interesting. Obviously, the marathon time is a good time, but nothing mm. like the 10K and a half. And they're very good no. times and times that uh, I just I just didn't know that that you'd, um, you'd been that quick. And you think of guys like Pat Carroll now, who similar mm. to you, who has his own growth and coaching, and you see him mm. run these days. Obviously, he's a far yeah. cry from what he was, but he was so well-renowned yeah. as a runner and obviously yeah. a bit quicker than both of us. But um, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting to hear all those times. But what about yeah. if we, we went back right to the start in terms mm-hmm. of like your upbringing and family and all that yeah. kind of thing? How, how did that look and was there any influence from a family point of view that got you into running or was it something else? Yeah. So, so initially I started running, um, well, we were always very active, but, um, so we came from Sydney and Wollongong and, and dad was a coal miner and, um, you know, rugby league was the sport you played and dad followed rugby league. And, uh, so I played rugby league and then, um, for, uh, for those of you who, who know me and, and I'm not the biggest of blokes and, um, I was never going to be a rugby league player. And I, uh, I got injured when I was about 12 or 13 and, uh, yeah, was always very active. And so I decided to, uh, I'd done pretty well at the school cross country and um, uh, athletics carnival the year before. And dad said, well, why don't you give running a go? And um, so I did. And I won the 800 at the school as year seven and went to districts. Um, this was out, we're living in Dysart at this stage, which is a small coal mining community west of Rockhampton and uh won the 800 at districts went to uh, rockhampton for the regional trials thinking oh yeah i'm pretty good I won the school carnival the district carnival got smashed in the 800 at regionals these athletes were just you know incredible and uh but that just uh, gave me uh, not next year i'm going to come back and next year i came back and again i won the school carnival the, the district carnival got to regionals won actually won the regionals that year so that was grade eight and the probably I'm, might have been the 1500 that year, but anyway, then I went to states. I'm thinking, oh yeah, I'm pretty good. You know, went in school districts and regionals. Got down to states, smashed again, absolutely smashed. <laughs> and I, so that put me in my place. And then each year, you know, I, I made the regional team for cross country and and for track as well. And then I um eventually in grade 11, I um I made states for um uh, cross country and track and um finished fourth at the australian um schools cross country championships that was the uh, the best result i ever had at a at a national event oh that's so, really really good and were you were you based in the same sort of location and school oh, through that time yes, where were you at yes uh so grade two to grade 10 we lived in dysart which as i said is a small coal mining community and then grade 11 and 12 and i repeated year 12 so i did three years of senior uh, was at North Rocky High School, and that's where we were. Yeah, by, uh, yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah, and and that. So, and just better facilities in Rockhampton, or better, you know, more coaching and more athletes to run with, and that. So, but but probably Dad was the the biggest. You know, he would come to the school carnival, the, the districts, um, regionals, states, 
Um, and he passed away in 2007, just before I started Gale Force. And uh, oh, right. when we were going through all his stuff, I actually found um, all his old log books and he'd actually kept all my times for all my races. So oh. to my 1500 meters, he, w- he had all that, like the first 300, then the you know, next 400, the, uh, and all the way through, I didn't realize that he kept all the lap times and, and all those of all those races throughout those years. And so that was pretty special to, to have a look back through those. And uh, yeah, like I said, I didn't realize that he kept all that, uh, all that detail or that he was that thorough in keeping that detail. Oh, it's amazing to have that handy. You know, anyone who's into competitive sport, particularly around timing, you know, running, swimming, mm. riding, whatever it may be, to yeah. have, have all those records would be mm. so insightful. Yeah. Have you still got all yeah. that stuff? Yeah, I would have somewhere. Yeah, I haven't looked at it for a few years, but uh, be there somewhere. I, I must get it out again and, and have a look through it all. <laughs> and what about travelling from Rockhampton to Brisbane when you came down to any events? Was that driving? Yeah. Like that's about seven yeah. hours. Yeah, most of the time it was driving. You know, for uh, sometimes like for states or nationals, it was you know he'd he'd fork out for a plane, but uh, but otherwise it was um, uh, driving. So it's a long trip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm sure. Yeah, was that normally your dad driving? Who was? Who was? Yeah, the, yeah. Dad, dad, was the only driver. Mum couldn't drive, so you know. And you know, we'd we'd. I remember sometimes leaving Rockhampton, you know, straight after school, maybe on a Friday afternoon, and we get to Brisbane, you know, seven. Uh, sorry, ten, eleven o'clock Friday night, or if otherwise, sometimes we'd leave three o'clock on a uh, Saturday morning, and you know, we get to Brisbane at you know ten. 11 o'clock in the morning do the race maybe stay overnight and then we drive back sunday morning so it was a it was a fairly big weekend but you know dad loved that you know he, he wanted us to do well and uh support us and uh you know it was it was yeah when i think back now it, it was very special of him to do that oh definitely and, and what was the what were the car rides like like a lot of conversations around running or um, yeah. Was it tough as a teenager? Like, would you go through that sort of awkward stage where there was no conversations in the car? Um, I probably slept a, a bit, obviously, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, that, you know, back then, you know, what, uh, I suppose a lot of parents or fathers back then was that, you know, they didn't really talk a lot. And, uh, but, but whatever dad said, you know, was, was always meaningful and always had a bit of a, a punch to it, you know, was, was, you know, he just didn't speak for the, for, for, for no reason, you know, he always had a reason behind why he spoke and, uh, you know, gave us everything, you know, wanted us to do well and, uh, you know, gave us that support, which I'm, I'm thankful for. Oh, definitely. Any, any like words of wisdom or advice that you recall from your father as, you know, particularly yeah. around being a competitor and runner? It was probably more just to, to do the best that you can yeah. each and every time. And, and probably one of his favorite quotes was, and, uh, uh, so I probably actually what I should go. So dad, dad was a bit of a runner when he was a kid and he got this, um, coaching book from his dad by a coach called Frank Stampell. And, uh, so this was like in the the fifties and, um, it was, it was a book and I've still got the book, um, here somewhere. And his father wrote in it, you know, wishing him all the best and all that. And then dad, um, presented it to me when I had an interest in running and, uh, which was again, a very special moment. And, uh, if you read the book now, it still has a lot, a lot of the sessions that we do now. It's um, uh, very similar. And, uh, you know, I still use a bit of it for my coaching as well. And, uh, but one of the favorite quotes in there was, um, I will win. If I will, not, if I'm 
don't win, I'll come second. If not second, third. If not third, I'll do the very best that I can each and every race. And I think that's a good thing to live by. You know, you just give it your all each and every race. So if it doesn't matter if you don't win, but as long as you give it your all and you're and you're happy with your performance and and your effort, then that's the main thing that counts. And and Dad always stresses about that. You know, that just to get out there, have a go, do the best that you can, and just be pleased with your result. Oh, it's a great piece of advice and, and obviously a really good thing to have uh, a parent who's supportive of you and, and obviously mm. in, into the same thing with, with his running background. So that it's great to hear. I just wanted to get into your running after high school, um, who you were training with, if you had a coach and, and where you were living. Yeah, yeah. So so after I finished school, I, I ran for a couple more years and um, uh, didn't really have a coach, was just sort of uh, coaching coaching myself, I suppose. And then I took a, a couple of years off, you know, as you know, as a young fellow in the early 20s, you know, your, your other thing, other, um, I suppose, not priorities, but other things happen. And um, but then after about two or three years, I realised that, you know, that I love running. And so I got back into it and uh, and continued, uh, continued my running journey. And uh, so this was still living in Rockhampton and uh, I was very much a, a, a passionate member of the uh, the Rockhampton Roadrunners and um, I was president for about eight or nine years and um, really loved that job you know we had a number of fun runs every year that we conducted a number of training sessions and just a really good crew of uh, runners up there you know probably more um, not so much serious runners but just the uh, you know the mums and dad runner who loves getting out there and you know training for the Gold Coast Marathon each year or the half marathon or or just coming along just to keep fit and healthy and I suppose that's probably where my biggest interest is as well. You know, I love coaching at Stuart home and Nudgy where we have, you know, some elite runners at that level, but uh, probably with Gale Force, we've got more just, uh, you know, the recreational runner and uh, you know, with Gale Force, and this is, I know getting away from your, your original question, <laughs> but it's providing that running and I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit later, <laughs> but providing um, it's, it's continued on from that is making sure that, uh, you know, runners of all ages and abilities are catered for and uh but whilst i was living in rockhampton um uh, i was also refereeing rugby league and touch football and i got to state league level in refereeing rugby league and i did um a couple of nrl pre-season games and uh so that was uh what i used to love doing as well and then touch football i got to quite a high level in, in touch as well and refereeing at national championships and all of that so I suppose I was doing pretty, I was, uh, you know, what's that, um, good at a few things, but master of none. And uh, I could never, I could never give any one of them up. And, uh, you know, I was still making Queensland for the half marathon and, and, the, and uh, cross country teams. And I just, just, living in Rockhampton was, yeah, quite hard, you know, to, to get the training done and to, to continue with rugby league. And I, um, I, uh, yeah, just, Continued just doing that for a few years, and then in two thousand and one, I just quit my job and decided to uh, to move to Brisbane, and uh, here I am. Yeah, right. And where did you move to originally in two thousand and one, Northside? Yeah, yeah, to uh, Clayfield, and yeah. then two thousand and two, I moved to Tawong, and I've been here ever since. Oh, you're in Tawong. That's a bit of a drive to yeah. Mudgee College. <laughs> it is every day. Yeah, you're not taking the yeah, tunnels then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, they're great, the but expensive. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that's for sure Stuart home's a bit easier it's only you know like five minutes down the road but uh no geez, a little bit a little bit uh, longer trip 
Yeah, right. So what, what, just give us an idea of the like point in time, the actual years of when you were sort of peaking as a runner. Yeah. Was that, that was prior to, that was sort of what, mid nineties then or? Mid, mid, mid to late nineties. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, probably, yeah, obviously the, those track times, you know, the, the nine minutes and the 15.06 was when I was at school, but the 10K and the, uh, the half marathon and the marathon was sort of, yeah, probably 94 to 99, I think were probably my best running years. And um, yeah, and then after that, it's, as I've got older, got a little bit slower, but, uh, <laughs> but the enjoyment is still there. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. And so back on that half marathon, where was that again? Uh, Gold Coast. That was Gold Coast. Yeah. What year was that? Gold Coast. Yeah. Oh, it'll be late nineties. Yeah, yeah. If I was to be ninety-eight, ninety-nine. So you would have been late twenties yeah. then. Late twenties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Probably twenty-seven, twenty-eight. Yeah. 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 No, it's it's a probably a bit younger um, to be to be peaking on the half, but I think mm. because you'd started running pretty early that. You can still, you can peak in your late twenties too. Um, mm. And then, yeah. then following, um, you know, you moved to Brisbane, bef- like mm-hmm. that, that sort of gap between 2001, 2007, what mm. was happening in there with running and coaching? Yeah. yeah. So, so I was, I was doing a bit of running, you know, and I was a member of Ashgrove Rangers and then in, um, I was working actually in a bottle and uh, when I came to <laughs> Brisbane and then, um, <laughs> Uh, and then in 2005, I got a job at, in training and I worked there for about two or three years. And then in 2007, um, I decided I wanted to um, go out on my own. And um, I had um, Steve and Margo from in training, um, you know, had their support, you know, for me to, to go out and do the coaching. I wasn't interested in starting a store. Um, yeah, retail is a bit, uh, bit too demanding and, uh, you know, a bit, of ex- a bit expensive but I wanted to get into the coaching and I was actually coaching before I started it in training as well. I was doing one or two sessions a week, just, you know, with a couple of mates and just giving advice and all of that. And then they sort of uh, suggested, you know, I should do this, get into this a bit more. And, you know, a few more people started coming along and then I started it in training and kept having my groups and then, yeah, went out on my own and uh, haven't looked back. Yeah. Right. And when did in training start? I hear a lot about in training and obviously a prominent business and running group in brisbane do you know when they actually started was it prior to 2000 oh yeah i think so yeah 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 Yeah. i I couldn't be sure for for certain but uh so originally they were in tuong in um uh near the re hotel there and then when i started working for them they just moved to park road at milton yeah right uh, had had the store there and um uh, fantastic location for them there oh it's it's yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and, and they're they're so yeah, yeah. good at what they do with um, oh, their shoe fitting and yeah, also experience and they're, they're and runners events, and coaches. They, yeah, yeah, events that they run and and the um the coaching groups that they had. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um. So before we get to Gale Force, you know, at, yeah. at that sort of late nineties in, in the peak of you as a runner, what mm-hmm. what roughly do you recall did your training week look like from Monday to Sunday? Yeah. So. So Tuesday was um, morning was track session. Wednesday was a bit of a midweek long run. Thursday we used to have a um, we used to do hills in the morning, and then we'd have um, we had a club run every Thursday afternoon. Um, Friday was um, a rest 
day. And then Saturday was our long, slow run. And then Sunday afternoon, we would do a, um, a tempo run. And then we'd start the week again. But that was also included. So Monday night, so I would play one game of touch and referee two games of touch. When Tuesday evening was referees, rugby league referees training, then uh, Wednesday evening was one game of touch and then two games of refereeing touch. Um, and then Saturday and Sunday was also refereeing league before we'd, um, after wow. training and before training on a Sunday afternoon. So, uh, so yeah, it was quite a, quite a busy week and I can still remember the schedule now, even after 20 odd years. <laughs> Oh yeah. So, at what point then did you kind of decide that you were becoming more of a coach than than an athlete? I mean, even before two thousand and seven, when Gale Force was founded, was there a point yeah. in time where you thought, "Well, I'm getting a bit slower now, and I know a lot about yeah. running, and maybe I can head in the direction of coaching"? Was it the time that you joined in training? Was that getting you thinking about moving into yeah. coaching? And and the fact that at that point in time, it would have been about what mid mid to late 30s yeah um, yeah that the running so, side so, of things so, was slowing down so so even while i was in rockhampton in the 90s um i used to coach a few of the juniors in rocky and um at school at school school level and um we had you know a bit of success there at that level and uh, you know we'd come down to to brisbane for states and you know we do do quite well and um so that probably triggered my um my interest and then after I moved to Brisbane and you know, we used to have a couple of, um, couple of mates we used to run with and they'd ask me for advice and then sort of told me, to, you know, I should do this for a bit more of a, you know, build up these groups a bit more. And because there probably wasn't much groups back then in terms of um, um, coaching groups, you had a lot of running groups, but there didn't seem to be a lot of actual um, coaching sessions or that. And I know Pat Carroll has been going 20 years. And so he's probably the first of that. And then, hmm. yeah, some of the clubs, they used to run coaching sessions, but they weren't sort of on a regular, you know, they might be just once a week or, or something like that. But it seemed to be more just ad hoc, you know, might be just a group of mates get together every Saturday morning and go for a run and, you know, catch up afterwards. And so I decided, well, you know, I might be able to make a, uh, a bit of a, uh, a career out of this. And when I left in training, you know, the first few years were, were quite hard, you know, trying to build up the groups. But we had a very strong following. And um, and, and I think just that uh, following has continued and built up over those years and uh, to, the, to where we are now. And um, I, I don't know how many runners we've coached over, that, over those years, but... I reckon it would be in the hundreds, if not the... Oh, well, truly, yeah, thousands even. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember yeah. I, I amassed um, hundreds within a handful of years at the West End Running Group, yeah. and I don't think I, uh, you know, uh, have as many there. Surely it'd be close to a thousand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's, even if, you know, even if you, they just remember one thing from them from you coaching them, um, and that has an impact on their, you know, their running, but also their life you know that that you know and i think that's what a coach provides is that not just the uh the uh you know getting out there and having a run but it's uh it's the bigger picture it's it's everything else in life and they can take those lessons that they've learned in running and uh hold the help help them out oh definitely yeah and just give us an idea of what it looked like at the start in terms of how many were there in front of you how many sessions you were running and then yeah. more recently, what the training and coaching week looks like, like what you offer yeah. uh, the runners. I think of when I started the West End Running Group, 
I honestly, I arrived, I didn't tell many people about this at the time, but I arrived to sometimes no one yeah. in the very early stages. And I, I honestly was about to give it up um, in 2015. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, I've had enough of this arriving, mm-hmm. you know, not, not regularly, but I definitely a yeah. few times arrived to one or two or no one. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then all of a sudden I'm doing it through to, to 2019. Like, was mm-hmm. it was it quite tough to really get it going to start with and and yeah how many were yeah. there at the time and sessions and how it's changed yeah. over time yeah it, it 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 was a bit tough at the start because um back then to uh people weren't used to paying for running coaching and so it took a little bit of a uh a, for time to build that up and um and so once you got that but again i was similar as well you know sometimes it'd be one or two people at the training session and, and, you know, and you would just have to, you know, I, I always took the view too, that if there was only one or two people there at the training session, I had to give them the same interest or, and be so enthusiastic. Like if there was 20 or 30 people at the session, you know, because they've made the effort and, and they and, you know, it is harder, I think coaching one or two people because, you know, they're often there and they're, you know, they're wishing more people were there as well. And they're, they're yeah. sort of stuck with you coach and, and all of that but you're still going to be able to uh, commit to them and to be enthusiastic and all of that. Um, So, yeah, we were probably averaging, you know, six to eight runners the first couple of years. I, uh, I managed to continue working at a, uh, at a sports store at, um, at uh, Toonbull shopping center um, with, I don't know if you know, Judy Bell from um, Redman runners. Yes. Yeah. 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 So they had her and her husband had a sports store there. And um, so I was working there two or three days a week and, and that was probably secure income. You know, I knew that I was going to get, you know, 20, 25 hours a week and at least that paid for the rent and uh, put food on the table and then built up from there. But I think one of the, the, the biggest things, and, and yeah, we talked about this earlier um, when I, when I um, digressed off one of your questions earlier was that, uh, you yeah, with our groups, we've tried to make sure that we cater for runners of all ages and abilities. So it doesn't matter whether you're, a, you know, a walk runner or whether you're an elite athlete, you know, we can still provide coaching and training services for you. And I want to um, continue to do that because I think it's very important to have a diverse group um, and we all work together and that we all help each other and that we're all part of a family and a part of a community and that, uh, you know, we can go to events and it doesn't matter, you know, we can, our fastest runner, you know, knows the name of our slowest runner, you know, and, and they're not sort of just sitting at a separate table, you know, it, it, you know, Saturday mornings, you know, we get anywhere from 20 to 60 runners uh, to our long, slow run. And yeah, we all come back for a, a coffee or breakfast after at the regatta. And, and, you know, we've got some, some people there, you know, we've got some, uh, a, a world-class um, ENT surgeon, you know, one of world, yeah. world renowned, um, but then we've got, you know, somebody else who might be a cleaner at, at a local school, but that doesn't matter. You know, it, it, everybody just comes together as one and you're just sitting there next to each other and, and it doesn't matter what job people do. You're there because of the common interest of running. And uh, that's probably the, the part that I like the most is that we've been able to continue to provide that service for people. People feel welcome. They feel like they're part of a community or feel like they're part of a family um, you know, our, our training groups, you know, we get, we do get some of our groups. We still get six to eight runners of a, um, a week and other groups, like I said, you know, we get 20 to 60. It just depends on, but it, it, it doesn't matter. But most of our runners, probably 99% of them would wear our Gale Force shirts at the training sessions, you know, and, and 
they're proud to wear that. And I think that's what's helped build our community as well, because people see that there are running groups out there for, uh, for one of better slower runners, um, for back of the packers for, for, for that. And, um, you know, that not all running groups are for the elite or the, the fast runners. And that. so, um, but on that too, we've got, a, at the moment, Gulf Force has got 162 members. 75% of our members are female. Oh my goodness, 75%. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So that's 120 of our group are members, are, are female. And out of that 120 or that, that number, the age group, 40 to 59 years, so that 20-year age group, they would probably provide, they would probably have 90, at least 90, 95 members in that age group, in those um, that 20-year age group. Yeah, so, right. And that's changed over time. Was there a, a group or a, even a certain individual you can remember that may influence that to, to occur that way? No, I think I think it probably started because we've always had that group. So, so uh, yeah, women feel a bit more comfortable running in a group, and yeah. they've seen that okay, you know, there there are groups out there for um, um, back of the packers, and they've been able to feel comfortable in coming along. Um, but that's pretty much been the case since we started Gar Force. We've had that females in that 65 to 75 we've even had up to like 80 percent of our membership has been females and um you know i haven't done a study on it or or a, a research paper on it but uh, <laughs> i think um i think a lot of females they they like the they're a bit more social runners than than males um they like coming along to the groups it's safety um but they we've tried to make sure that they feel comfortable and that they feel welcome and uh you know, and that they enjoy coming along to our groups and uh, participating and, uh, you know, having a go. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I do recall when I coached the West End Running Group too that it just ebbed and flowed with the ratios of older, younger men, women. Yeah. And def we definitely had a contingent of women. But I guess when you get kind of a culture and a, and a feeling around a certain theme, they just they tend to grow and grow. Yeah which is mm. fantastic yeah. so, so monday to sunday what sessions are on yeah. offer and are you the only coach uh yeah no so um so for gulf force i have i'm the only full-time coach um and i have um uh i've got about five coaches who um not uh, they don't coach on a regular basis that what they uh, some of them do they coach one or two sessions a week for me um, but the others are available, you know, if I'm sick or if one of the other coaches are sick, they're able to step in and take a session for us. Um, cause we've got groups at, uh, at Ipswich, uh, Toowoomba, uh, Dolby now, and, right. um, we've got a few, yeah, we've got a few runners in Rockhampton. So we're slowly expanding and, and yeah, we're looking at always looking at other opportunities, you know, to, to, um, start groups up in other locations and, and stuff like that. Um, so I'm the only full-time, full-time, um, staff member of Gulf Force, but that also includes i do all the, the paperwork you know the social media yeah. the uh the, the financing the you know all that sort of stuff so that keeps me busy um then with nudgy we have four training sessions a week and Stuart home we have four training sessions a week as well so so with Gulf Force, i take um six training sessions a week um we have two sessions at ipswich and then I have um, two of our, our other coaches take one session a week. So we've, um, we've got a few sessions, oh, and plus, uh, sorry, a session at, uh, at uh, Toowoomba. Yeah, right. And do you, do you do programs for 
runners, yeah. um, both yeah. in person and externally, like through email and stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. I do. So that also um, uh, is a big part of our um, what we do. Um, so we've got we've got runners in Melbourne, uh, Rockhampton, Yapoon, Toowoomba, um, London. I've got one lady in London and um, Sunshine Coast and Gold Coast at the moment um, who we write the programs for. And uh, so it's just, yeah, for those people living outside of Brisbane, it's just a uh, email. Um, and then we try and catch up uh, on via, um, have a chat once or, um, once or twice a month. Um, and they also know too that they can contact me at any time. Yeah. You know, if they've got a question, you know, email, phone call or, um, or text message, you know, there's, there's no worries about that. Yeah, okay. So let's get to um, a handful of years later after founding Gale Force, you started at Stewart mm. Home um, mm. in, it's Barden, isn't it? Barden in Brisbane, Stewart Home? Yeah, Is that correct. Yeah, Tawong Barden. Yeah. Tawong Barden. Yeah, very close on the border and very elevated too. You can see that kind of um, the school from a distance. Mm. How, how yeah. did that come about? Uh, obtaining that position and and what interested you in in particularly coaching um, girls too not that it's it's um odd to have a teacher or a coach of the mm. opposite sex but yeah. you, you you coach at nudgy and Stuart home so i want to get Stuart home first yeah. and then nudgy yeah. and then just to get you to think about um what what you really enjoy about both and how how both are quite different as well so, so uh, with uh, Stuart Home, um, one of the ladies who runs with us, and she's been running with us since I started Garforce, she's a teacher at um, Stuart Home, and they were looking for a cross-country coach, and uh, she put my name forward, and um, I went up for the interview and uh, got the job and started there in um, 2011. So this is my, my 12th year at, uh, at Stuart Home. It's, it's, a very, um, it's a very, very good school to, to work at. They value their sporting programs a lot, and they they put a lot of um, uh, energy and and support into their programs. Um, the director of sport at Stuart Home is fantastic to deal with, and you know is always you know making sure. Oh, is there anything I need, or or what can we help you with, and and stuff like that. So this year, you know, we've got seventy two girls um, registered for cross country at Stuart Home, which out of a school of six hundred and eighty girls, I think it's wow. you know, it's more than ten percent. And, you know, cross country is not a glamour sport, as you know, like it's not like netball or, um, or soccer or, or any of those other sports. No. Yeah, it's hard work. But to get 72 girls signed up, I think is a, a fantastic effort. And um, so we have four training sessions a week. Um, we've got three other coaches who help me with the, the sessions. And we've got some very, um, uh, um, for some very good girls. We've got two girls who are national ranked. We've got another seven girls who are um, state ranked. But probably the greatest achievement, I think, at what we've done at Stuart Home is we've been able to get girls just out there running and signed up for the cross-country program. And I think that's what makes it such a, such a success is that we've got girls of all levels and ability um, competing. And it was interesting because I had a... Um, I had a, uh, a parent say to me a few weeks ago, um, probably about a, a bit more over a month ago, that the girl doesn't particularly like cross country or is interested in cross country, but she loves coming along because of the community that we've built and that she feels a part of it and that um, she actually enjoys um, the actual, uh, you know, the, the, the team part of the, um, the event and, and all of that. So, so that's pleasing that, uh, you know, that, that uh, you know, a, a young year eight girl would say that to her parents and yeah. for them to let me know 
you know. But uh, so so it is a bit different from Nudgy. Um, Stuart Home in terms Nudgy, you know, it's school sport at GPS level, as you know, is quite um, quite intense <laughs> for for a, for a word. Um, whereas at Stuart Home, it's more about probably participation. Yeah. It's more about having a go and being a part of a team or a community, and um, and that's what we try and work on. And uh, yeah, we and we have had success at Stuart Home in the cross country. We've won our our division the last five years, and we're going for for number six next um, Friday, um, number six title next Friday, and uh, and uh, I think that we'll do it. And um, yeah, the results will uh, will show. But, uh, but, but, yeah, we also get a lot of great support from the parents as well, you know, and, and part of being the head coach, and, and as you would know at, uh, at Churchy, is being the head coach, you, you've got a lot of responsibilities and a lot of roles. You, you, you're the deal, you deal between the, you deal with the, uh, you know, the sports department, you deal with the coaches, you deal with the, the parents, you, and obviously you deal with the athletes. So you're not just there, just turning up and running training sessions and then going home. Mm. You know, you've got all those other um, factors, I suppose, to take into account. And I think that's a part of what coaching is all about. It's not just about the coaching. It's about the other networks and the other contacts that you have. And uh, so what I try and do is with, with the athletes is to get to know them, a little bit about them, you know, what other sports they're playing, their interests and that. And I do this at all my training sessions is I try and say hello to every athlete by name. So I might mm. say, uh, you know, hello, Mary, how are you? You know, yeah, yeah. and that way, you know, and I might even ask, oh, how was netball this week or how was cricket or how was just so that they know that I have an interest in them and that they know that, oh, okay, I'm not just a, a number or somebody turning up. They actually know something a little bit about me. And I think that's important as well. And then I also try, and it's a little bit harder with parents, is try and get to know all the parents' names, you know, so that if they pick their son or daughter up at school, you know, and they come up to go, oh, okay, hello, um, you know, um, Michelle or hello, Tom, you know, um, just so that they feel part of it as well and that, that we have taken an interest in that. So, But it, as you know, it is a bit hard, especially when you get so many um, kids and you only see the parents once every um, you know to try and remember all their names and that but yeah think, yeah and, and the directors are quite involved with parents too aren't they and and logistics yeah. so they 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 tend to be uh, yeah. communicating more to them which makes that a bit more of a challenge as the head coach to get to know first yeah. names but i definitely agree yeah. if you if you strive to use the names as much as you can as opposed to mm. saying like hey, mate, or hey, so-and-so, whatever it may be that's not their name, then you're just going to yeah. start to, to lose it. And I, re yeah. I remember the wife often thinking and saying things to me about um, names at the, at the West End Running Group, like, how, how on earth do you know all these guys? And I said, mm. I said to her, Claire, I just, I looked them in the eyes and I used their name. And I've made yeah. a few mistakes. I've called them the wrong name here and there, but I try really hard to know names yeah. both as a teacher mm -hmm. and, and yeah. a coach now in a school too. And I think it's very important. Yeah. And it's really good to hear yeah. that yeah. both at um, Gale Force and Stuart Home, the running thriving with the, the women or girls, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And it seems mm -hmm. like a, I was talking to Katie uh, Dow on this podcast a, a number of weeks ago, and she's mm -hmm. a um, female coach for an adult group outside of um, obviously school, but there seems to mm -hmm. be a bit of a, bit of a uh, cult now with young women like leaving school and into their 20s like running's becoming 
a bit more cool like and mm -hmm. not mm. i know you mentioned it not being as glamorous and that kind of thing but it, it actually a little bit is heading in that direction which i think's obviously a, mm. a good thing too um obviously you know the whole body image and that kind of stuff you, you must have come mm -hmm. across too in your time as well as yeah. your home but i definitely think yeah. it's heading in the right direction for women and and that's proof yeah. in in what you're doing both at gale force mm -hmm. and Stuart home um yeah. and what about what about nudgy as well what have you really enjoyed there in the last few yeah. years yeah. and anyone yeah. in particular names that come up that have been quite influential um yeah. with you yeah well and as i as i mentioned it, it's 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 totally different coaching at nudgy to compared to Stuart home it's it's you know gps school sport is a bit more intense and you know a bit more results driven and stuff like that as as, as you're well aware but uh the, the school is very very supportive and they've got a very very good um uh well, he's acting principal at the moment david johnston and he's a very good runner and um has been running you know for years and i actually knew david of oh, 20 odd years ago when he was teaching up in rockhampton and um so you know we've been able to make that connection again with him and uh you know having the support of the you know the well, he's normally deputy but you know the acting principal with the cross country and track mm -hmm. and field teams is is tremendous support and uh so he's been very um he's been very good to deal with um and also at, at nudgy the director of um cross country jamie trember um you know everything is is laid out for the boys they don't have anything to worry about in terms of the information that they receive uh the planning it's all it's all first rate and she does a very very good job in making sure that um you know that the the boys are looked after and um they're getting the you know access to all the, the services and that that all the other sports get get um get access to so they've been two very very good um um people to deal with at uh, at nudgy but then we've also got a very good coaching staff and we've got 10 coaches this year and uh, you know some of them are teachers some of them are old boys and uh, some of them are, are um uh one of them's a coaching staff from from gale force and we've been able to assemble a really good team and be able to support the boys and to help the boys out and get the results that um that we were looking for this year um we've just laid a new cross-country course at nudgy which i'm mm. sure you know you know yeah. about and uh, yeah, we're very proud of that and yeah, it's still got to be worn in a little bit, you know, get uh, get run in and uh, that'll happen. It, obviously, with the weather this year, it uh, hasn't been run in as much as we'd like to just with the, the, the rain, but uh, over the next 12 months. So, yeah, now that we've got that course, the, the continued support of the school. Um, and I know just to uh, to to highlight there and let the other GPS schools know that uh, Nudgy is uh, is coming for you all. Yeah, definitely with the cross country to the course. It's um, yeah, it's a revolution in the in the running scene for a school to have a, a course. Not that it it the course was always there. It was kind of um, what's the word? Formalizing it or organizing yeah. it better with signage and yeah. a particular road, yeah. bit of mowing out the back there on the old golf course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and it's it, just awesome. Great. Yeah, and the thing we're we're proud of with the course is that it is um even though you can't certify a cross country course, we've had it certified. So, you know, we had Don Wallace, uh, who's a, a certified course measure. He's come out and um, has measured. So the courses are R2K, R3K and 4K because we've all run on cross country courses and they've been long or short or, or all over the place. And uh, yeah. so at least you know, 
now that it's, it's an accurate distance. Can you go to Limestone Park and measure that 6K? Because it's always 5.8. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> That's right. What's the go with that? I know. Well, I ran there two years ago in the, um, the Queensland Cross Country Championships. I ran 8K and I ended up being 7.2. <sighs> So, I get you know, it. so how do they actually measure them on the cross country course? How, how does that yeah. work? So, so they have a, um, a, a bike and they have a, it's called a Jones counter and it goes on oh. the, um, the wheel of the bike and it's just a measuring device. And um, so then he has to then measure over 400 meters and he has to do that three times and calibrate it. And then we go around the course. But what you also have to take into account is when you measure the course is you have to take into account the time of day and also the temperature. Because, yeah, if you do it in the early morning, because, you know, during the day, apparently with the heat, the earth expands and stuff like this. And, and you know, as during the day, as it gets hotter as well, the air's thicker or something. I, I, I don't know the full details of it. Um, and then we go around the course three times has to be measured. And then it's, uh, it's the average of those three times that you measure the course. And that gives you wow. the, uh, the specification. And uh, so being the um, former race director of the Ipswich Park to Park, mm. I've done this a number of times with Don, you know, because the race director has to go around with him and just so that you know exactly where he's been and what he's done and all this sort of thing. And uh, it, it, for that 5K course, it took us about three and a half hours to do. Wow. So how do they actually do that on main roads when there's cars to deal with? Is it a matter of finding well, a bike lane? And what about like, no, like so sort of a, joining a, motorways and stuff where there's fun runs on? Yeah, no, they'll, um, so for let's say the Gold Coast Marathon, Sydney Marathon, those sort of big events, they'll actually do it maybe on a Monday or Tuesday night um, when there's less traffic around, but they'll have a police escort. All right. So the police block off that section of road well, because, you know, he might be on the wrong side of the road for that section. Um, so they'll block that off for, you know, however long he needs to. And then um, and then uh, he measures it and they'll just move on to the next section. So it's actually quite a uh, quite a big um, a big task for them to do. Oh, it definitely yeah. is. Yeah. 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 Um, quite interesting. Don's really good. You probably know Don Wallace yeah. from yeah. Ashgrove Rangers. And because, yeah. uh, again, I've known Don for 30 odd years and, yeah, we have a big chat and just talk running and all that. But he's very, very thorough in what he does, and um, and yeah, you know, the, the the course, you know, to have that certification for Nudgee, even though you can't certify a cross country course, just to know that it's accurate, I think, is a big plus for our school. Yeah, oh, it's great to hear, and um, yeah, thanks for sharing experiences around the school coaching. Um, so yeah. we're getting pretty close to the end here, but just want to ask you a few yeah. questions, and then. I get into like, I've got about 10 quick questions that I answer, uh, sorry, ask you that require um, a fairly short answer that we do to finish yeah. with. But what about when we think about the whole job that you have of coaching, um, mm -hmm. it's a pretty unique job when you think about it. And mm. it can often be hard to justify, I'm sure, to, to yeah. family and friends as to how, how on earth it can be a full-time job. Obviously, you've got three of yeah. them and Gale Force is probably the biggest income out of all of them. But yeah. Why, yeah. when someone asks you about mm -hmm. what you do and why you like doing it, what is it that brings such a uh, enthusiasm towards the sport? And, and coaching in any sport, obviously, mm -hmm. is a similar concept. Why, why do you, you enjoy it and what do you get out of it? I think just helping people. 
yeah, for them to achieve their goals. And it doesn't matter if they're wanting to, to train for a marathon or do their first five kilometer race or something like this. Just the achievement that seeing somebody at the finish line that they've been able to, to um, uh, achieve their, their goal. And I think that's the thing that I love about it most. And, and I, I always have this belief too. So, you know, for me, it doesn't matter if somebody does a three hour marathon or a six hour marathon there's no difference in the effort and the dedication and the commitment that done mm. all that is for me and this is what i believe is that it's taken person a three hours to do the marathon it's taken person b six hours it's just taken them a little bit longer to do it and yeah somebody to run three hours and that's a fantastic achievement obviously but it's still a fantastic achievement for somebody to run six hours and for them running six hours is the same as that person who run the three hours you know, it's the same, it's the same, um, uh, same yeah, yeah, well, same distance, <laughs> but it's, the, yeah, exactly. But it's the same, um, uh, reward for them. You know, it, it's their goal. It's what they set out to achieve and they've been able to achieve it. So, so I think that it's very important. One of the things I like to do too is, you know, yeah, we, we have some good runners in our, in our group, but we try not to reward our, the, um, always just focus on the best runners. You know, it's more about, um, uh, uh, supporting and, and um, um, highlighting the achievements of everybody who's, who's ran. So, you know, we send out our weekly email and we'll put out the results of races. Um, I don't do it fastest to slowest. I do it by alphabetical order. Alphabetical. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Because, yeah, yeah and I've had a few runners over the years um, question me about it and want to know why. I've, I've even had one member um leave our squad because they didn't like that i did that fact they 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 used to be you know a good runner and always were up the top and i said no i think that you know we need this is the way that i like to do it and um i'm going to continue doing that yeah no it's um it's it's a good way to put it i i often didn't do that but i, I often thought about how you can mm. cater for that seeing your name mm. at the bottom of the list isn't great i always thought it of it as it, you know if it's a time trial it's a time trial it's whoever comes in first to order it but it's a good way to mm. think about mm. it and, and listing it in alphabetical or some way that mm. doesn't have mm. a um a connection tied to someone who's right at the back yeah 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 the last one was just looking at um your coaching and running plans for next year or so are you pretty content sticking with Stuart home and, and nudging moving forward and, and what's the future of Gale Force looking like? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, keen to, uh, to stay involved with Stuart home and Nudgy and, uh, you know, I love both, um, coaching both of those schools and, uh, you know, seeing this, seeing the success that, uh, you know, we're getting with, with both of them and, uh, Gale Force, you know, we're, we're continuing to, to grow each year. Um, yeah, we always have a lot of new members or new members come along each year. We have some members, you know, who, who, who move on and, you know, they've done their first 10K or marathon and that's their goal. And then they, um, they go and try something different. So, but we are um, looking at new sessions for Gulf Force and, uh, you know, some um, putting on some new coaches so that they can take those sessions and also uh, looking at uh, other opportunities outside of um uh, Brisbane, you know, some, um, we've had, you know, quite a few people contact us over the years, you know, about starting groups in different locations and we just have to, you know, put it all together and see if it's, it's worthwhile. And, um, 
what we can do to help those uh, those communities who may not have running groups at the moment and uh, you know who who would be keen to uh, to have a group and uh, yeah we've got five members out at Dolby at the moment so it's only a small group but a very enthusiastic group and uh, that's probably where it started from is just their uh, their interest and their um you know getting together once a week and we thought well that's happening at Dolby it's happening in a lot of other um, smaller communities around Queensland so let's see if we can get involved and help them out yeah it's fantastic to hear that it's sort of sprawling out to different areas and and why not it it can be managed externally and as long as you got the right people in charge of little groups it's uh it's definitely worthwhile to just to broaden horizons and expand the group that's great and what about running mate for yourself i saw you out of the um Tagulawa cross country champs the other week as a as a master's athlete you got you got more runs up your sleeve this year yeah, definitely. Like I'll uh, I'll do the fifteen k at the Gold Coast thirty next weekend, and um, yeah, the Gold Coast. I'm going to do the five k, the ten k, and the half marathon at the Gold Coast Marathon. All oh, right. And, uh, yeah, over the two days, but uh, I I just like competing in the events, and I figure I'm there at most of the events that you know I should have a run and uh, you know support the events, but also I think it's also as a coach, it also um, it's good for your athletes to see that you're still out there running and you're still having a go and, and being a part of it. And, uh, yeah, I'm never going to get to those times that, that I didn't run. Um, but that doesn't stop me from, um, having a go and, uh, and being a part of the event. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll have a runner who will, um, uh, get me to pace them. You know, they'll uh, sort of say, Oh, look, I need a pacer. You know, I want to try and break this time. Can you help me? And I'll, I'll uh, step in and, and pace them otherwise i'll just um i'll just have a have a run and see what i can do and go from there but i i do like running especially like the gold coast half marathon where you go out and back yeah and uh, i always uh, i always love that part because you know once you you see runners starting to come back i'm always looking for runners you know and they get a to and you know i've had comments in the past saying you know how can you be yelling out to people you know when when you're running you know we're buggered and, and yet you're yelling and cheering to people and and I think it gives me a real lift, but it also gives them a real good, a big lift as well. Yeah, you know, oh, it's to, great. To, yeah, to see, oh, see yeah. your own athletes. Yeah. Have, have you ever had someone call out like, you know, go Chris, go Gailin? You have, you have no idea who they were or you, you miss them oh. in, in the fact that you're running quite hard? <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the, all the time. Yeah, I know. I know. And it, it, it's a bit of, because uh, a lot of people know me, you know, and, and know, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, you just thought, sort of, okay, you know, just, just yell out. And, uh, you know, it's always good to have that cheer. It doesn't matter who it is. And, and, you know, I think, I think Gale Force is pretty well known in the running community around Queensland. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you know, our, our members are, are quite visual, you know, and as I said, you know, they're always wearing their shirts in events and stuff like that. So. Yeah. And did we, with your own training at the moment, is it, a, is mm. it training in a way that you're trying to maximize everything you've got at your age or is it just a matter of fitting it in when you can and whatever comes at a race, it, it's just uh, organic like that? Yeah, yeah. My, my training is training with the groups. So I don't do any outside yeah. training yeah. or other training. Um, you know, doing, doing sometimes, you know, 12 to 20 sessions a week, um, that's enough running for me. Um, you still there? Hello? Yeah, you there? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Sorry, yeah. just removing the dog from the room. Go on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, so I don't, you know, I'm not training specifically for, for, for events. You know, I'm obviously still quite fit and, uh, you know, able to compete a half marathon at this stage. And, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, probably one of the goals I might look at for next year is the New York Marathon in 2023. But uh, you know, but my main goal as a coach is to continue to provide services and and the training for for the athletes who have signed up as a member. And uh, I'll uh, that's that's my first priority. It's not my running; it's their running. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And it's good that you can. I think it's a good thing to get involved with the when, at the sessions to be running yourself. Yeah as well yeah. it's um it just adds another element to the session to actually see the coach in there and not all coaches yeah. do that they've got their own ways and there's pros and cons yeah, yeah. to both but um yeah. i think as an sure. adult running group a recreational adult running group i think mm. why not mm. yeah absolutely so let's get to these last questions there's 10 yeah, years yeah. that i've just thought of that would be interesting to, to hear yeah. in, in a rather short answer one sentence mm. is the goal i guess to fit yep. it into yep. one sentence so um i wish you luck in doing so there's some pretty tough ones here. Um, okay. What's your favourite all-time running distance? Oh, probably probably the half marathon I enjoy the most. Yeah. Uh, what about a favourite running coach that you've learned off, whether it be reading or it was actually your coach or that you've worked with or you know of? Any favourite running yeah. coach out there? Probably Graham Woods, who was probably my first running coach, and then also Steve Monaghetti, who I've... Um, got a great contact with and um yeah we, we chat a fair bit excellent we'll have to get him on to my podcast then yeah absolutely. <laughs> the king of kings um yeah, what's the yeah. best thing about coaching uh, at gale force uh seeing somebody achieve a goal that they never thought they could achieve and it doesn't matter if it's 5k 10k marathon yeah fantastic um mm. girls or boys who's easier to coach Oh, <laughs> uh, they both have their challenges. <laughs> yeah, tough question. I'll, I will allow that for you to sit on the fence being a teacher. It's like yeah. asking me who's easier to teach, yeah. girls or boys. Um, yeah. Biggest running idol? Would it be Monaghetti or your, your first coach or would it be someone else? Yeah. Probably Monaghetti. Yeah. 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 Can't argue yeah. with that. Uh, no, proudest no. running achievement would that be one of your pbs we listed earlier uh no it'd probably actually be the boston marathon in 2014 the year after the bombings to go over oh, and support, wow. um, yeah yeah to go over and support the uh the uh the boston community yeah very the, brave of you yeah yes yeah oh that's Definitely. cool good on you mm. um favorite moment as a coach anywhere any moment that comes to mind that you you're really proud of someone or something that your business had achieved or at one of the schools? Um, oh, geez. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, if I was to pick one, it would probably be a young runner we had this year compete, uh, oh, sorry, last year compete at the Australian Track and Field Championships, um, Greta Johnson from Stewart Home. So she finished fourth in the 3K, 3,000 metres in an under 15 year age group. But she'd qualified the year before in 2020 and a week out from the national championships, it got cancelled. And I think as a 14 year old, and I know this is a bit longer than one sentence, as a 14 year old, I was probably, as her coach, I was probably more disappointed in that than her because she got to miss out on that opportunity but then she was able to maintain a training and to qualify again the following year. 
Oh, it's a great moment. I'll, I'll allow you to be talking for longer than a <laughs> sentence on that one. That's a tough, tough question. Next one's yeah. tough too. What's, um, for memory that is, what's the longest ever run you've done that you recall doing in training? Uh, in training, probably. Have you run past probably, a marathon or not? No, no, probably 40, 42K would be the longest in training. Oh, the easy one to answer then. There you go. Um, What about favourite running location in Queensland? You have to pick anywhere. Would it be somewhere along the coast or country or Rockhampton? Noosa National Park. Yeah, okay. Through the... um, Hell's Gates. It's hilly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just so beautiful along there. And sometimes you get to see the dolphins or whales as you're you're running along the track there from from Noosa to to there. Yeah. You just got to go early before all the... um, the crowds the walkers the, the yeah. young women get out there and they're like her or not like her like the crop tops and yeah. taking selfies yeah. and all that stuff but um definitely a good location so mate that oh, brings yeah. us to the end um yeah, yeah i really appreciate you coming on here and we, we took a bit yeah. to get the tech side of things yeah. more so yeah. on your end i'll make the listeners yeah. uh, clear yeah. of that <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely but um you know it's clear <laughs> no, to me away from the tech things that you you've you do know a lot about running and you've achieved a lot yeah. in both coaching and running itself as, as an individual and athlete. So to have yeah. your insights into what you're doing at Gale Force, Stuart Home and Nudgy yeah. has been um, very revealing and interesting to hear those things along with your background as a runner. So I definitely appreciate it and I'm sure we'll get a crowd listening in. It's going to be, once right. you tell you the Gale Force guys, it'll be yeah, out yeah. to hundreds of people, which um, yeah. I appreciate too on my yeah. end and obviously your end yeah. about them hearing about um, yeah. all, all your background and things. Yeah, no worries at all. No, thank you for having us on. Cheers, mate. We'll um, obviously right. be in touch. All the best. <laughs> See, eh? Bye. Thanks. See you later, mate. Bye. Bye.